your advantage. Leave it to me to be blathering on your advantage. Though, who needs a record of any of this anymore? I can't read my own mind, let alone yours. Far off, far out, blue fantasy, um, galaxy away. I hear the ding of the doorbell pulled from its white plug way back in the year 1996. A year some others remember with much more clarity and fondness than I. I tend to remember I could not let you witness what I was becoming. Part aardvark, part backup third baseman, one part optical illusion covered in dirt. This was before I knew you, but also before I did lose you. Head from a bundle of sky. Like you, I was coerced into crafting my own head from a bundle of sky, clouds of perception. Like an onion, my head, I'm peeling it plumb down to the center where my crisp intentions and my harsh attention and latent vague memory dangling by my fingers in a silver chain net all meet. Noticing how now attempt and succumb live on the same haunted block. Like you, I feel so terrible for the guy or gal whose phone number gets cropped as the fake digits on this one program, some made-up line interjected crossways right through the episode where one cousin buys a handgun as the other cousin remains still shivering in a hospital gown, like the droop branch outside my bedroom window shakes, periodically aroused by the wind, The same over and again. The phone number owner finds himself or herself every other day or so rising up from what is considered a most prized comfort. Pastel blue chair and shuffles across the stained linoleum to end the ring, ring, ring. This mess is all because an intern did not check the number to ensure it was not the least bit occupied and now we, each in our own home, spend all day attempting to be present in what gifts us charm and some joy as the forgetful intern chews some bubblegum, oblivious to what trouble he delivered unto others, mainly the one mid-waddle now, drawn ever loyal up, and towards the ringing, coming from the kitchen, neatly right on schedule, and on the other end, you guessed it, me, craving a voice, a good bit flustered, every bit as kind. And my jacket. For you, I tore from my coat and my jacket, my layers stacked limp against the window. It is not like me to drag intimacy through such tedious days, how crazy, odd, and unruly operate in one's house. Rosy dew slinging its own moisture towards Damascus, rosy witch of the kneeling grace. I'm feeling cradled, so I sing my aches accordingly. I'm daily with loss, time smearing, and money doled out obstructively. Also, I'm a jealous bear snatching pies. The echoes lament and the wildflowers glow. I hide with timidity for three days in tow. Oh, you, practitioner of polish. Oh, you, lover of gold signs. Oh, you, law-abiding jewel so gleefully precious. I might die underwater and pickle. 
I doth lick the wit you lent me. My gorgeous genitals are not for sale. Let's crash our Rubicon hearts together, and literally my self-doubt hangs around, excising a new appreciation into existence, window drop to make the sleet stop. Sweet utterance of moral chords. I joke with goodbye to tell you stay. I bow to your fears. You no longer need to project because I hear you fine. Written in my stale blood on the front door. It is what we found later, right before we found some slumber. Written in my stale blood on the front door. Intended to keep storms at bay, but here today, the canvas for my latest dose of poetic bullshit. What hump, screed, and scrawl. The tiniest shards still shone like lost stars in the room of night where hours earlier I sat waiting for you. The windows blanketed with blankets. The day scared me so bad that I had to cover the holes that let the shimmer in to unscrew the light bulbs till I realized I'm still scared of the dark. I squeezed to make the bulbs just 12 minutes ago unscrewed go soft white again, but no, I never thought to screw them right back in. The bulbs exploding, not with light, but into pieces. Small tallies on my palms. Votes from the others. Enough is enough. The darkness is not the root problem. It is you, you dummy. Inside a three-buck copy of Solar Throat Slash by Césaire. American flag, 24-cent stamp. Inside a three-buck copy of Solar Throat Slash by Césaire. What else is there? A sentence soared this way years ago, and now it reaches over the trance of the sound of the worms scaling each other to live. I'm not any better or safer, though I persist. Like the blind mouse mid-journey to the door, led only by the chirp of his friend, the cardinal, bowing so graciously in the blue spruce, my mother decorated each Christmas and often forgot till April or May. These snowflake feelings, unimportant. This, on the other hand. Hippocampus Theology I did not see the sign on the door. Hippocampus Theology Session is full. Do not disturb. No shirt, no shoes, no problem. This idea knows more than I ever will. You hide all your important thoughts. My mouth emits a sound. Recollecting the first time we met. You had sand in your hair. They heard the whispers under the blanket. I have forgotten as requested. I have extra. You have eggs without cracks. Sympathy has a purpose. I have a primitive brain. I access my emotions via kite. Buffet. Welcome to Corpus Christi. The alarm system is on. I am. I purchase pink sandals like yours. Airplanes are my least favorite form of flight. You found a part of my knee no one has named. It was cold. I have a suggestion. The yellow leather chairs in the executive lounge. The hippos never showed. They saw you snorting tacos. Developmentally appropriate spoken word poetry. 
You must contextualize your groans. Everything is better with friends. Forgive my lack of balance. You must choose. So many eggs in your basket. Many sounds you continue to make. I love a glass of wine each morning. That is a stop sign. You forgot to call your mother again. This banter barters for greater balance. Not now. That beeping. You try living inside a hollow fluorescent tube. I am sunbathing. I stay connected. I hate omelets. I love a good sigh. One size does fit most. I'm about to scream. Watch the flicker of the overhead lamps. This is the beginning. This is the extension of the olive branch. Sit down, please. First of all, this uh, is a little late. I've been trying to do every Sunday um, for for doling out these segments of the I Once With Someone Else and Often Still Am poems. Uh, and I, as you might be able to tell, I had a bit of a sore throat this weekend. And, you know, I just didn't feel up to doing it. And I also didn't want uh, y'all to hear me uh, scratching through it. So uh, here... Here it is, uh, the fourth part. Uh, and yeah, and so today I was thinking about uh, this idea of why do we behave this way? Why do we as humans behave certain ways? Why do uh, poems behave certain ways? Um, why does thought and consciousness work in certain ways? And I know that's a big question and I'm not smart enough uh, to answer it. Uh, but I But I have been reading a lot about these various things over the years. And so in terms of thinking about these poems, these poems, this, these six poems that I'm going to read today, um, have very direct connections to some of that learning I've been doing, uh, and thinking I've been doing about why I've behaved the way I have over the last decade and why, um, my poems behave the way they do. And so I kind of wanted to find a middle ground there and find some connection. So anyhow, um, I was at my best friend's four-year-old son's soccer game the other day, um, which is one of my favorite things, going to um, my friend's kids and family members' kids' uh, sporting events. Um, there's a real looseness, a real uh, tapestry of uh, absurdity that's working, and and it feels really free and flowy in a way that uh, adult self-consciousness and socialization kind of uh, beats out of us. Uh, anyways, so I'm watching them play soccer, you know, and one kid's playing in the net and one kid's playing in the mud and there's the clump of them around the ball and and then there's parents, some are getting angry and some uh, don't could seem to care less and I'm howling with laughter at times probably inappropriately and there's all this going on. Um... And I had this realization that I think the smart people in life, my friends and my teachers uh, who get this kind of stuff, uh, have been trying to get me to understand for a long time. Uh, And it's that I think all people are acting exactly as their brain chemistry and their circumstances allow. As their brain, let's just simplify to that, 
people are acting exactly as their brains are telling them to act. Um, you know, a lot of that for me, my understanding of that comes from Sam Harris, who I'm a big fan of and his thinking specifically on free will. Um, and, um, of, of course, uh, his thoughts are large and, and in depth. So I'm simplifying here, but the basic idea is if what I mentioned before, if your brain chemistry and your circumstances, those are the two things that affect your brain and your brain is all we got, right? That's where consciousness comes from. That's where our life force comes from, comes from our brain. Um, and so, so those two things, brain chemistry that we're born with and as it evolves throughout time and circumstances, environment, all that, none of, you know, who we're born to, where we're born, when we're born, all that, uh, we have no control over those two things. And those are the two, for simplification purposes, the two factors, uh, of how our brains work. And so thus the argument is if we have no control over any of um, the kind of the causes of our the way our brain acts, and how do we have any control over thus how our brain acts? Um, and yeah, and you know, in my own life, I see that happening very clearly uh, with my mental illness of bipolar disorder, and I've seen it clearly working in my poetry that I've mentioned before. Sometimes feels like I don't know where it came from. I don't even remember writing it. I don't know. Uh, what's going on and it's the same way with when I have my mood episodes uh, I often lose conscious not consciousness but I also often lose time and memories and I often act in ways that Tyler air quotes here whatever that is wouldn't act normally and isn't aligned with my values so then the question is why are you acting this way I ask that of my poems I'm asking that of myself and this isn't to justify my bad behavior in the past this isn't um to uh you know say poetry has to be this way or or anything like that but i'm providing a context and i think an important context to this discussion um and where they might intersect you know i think back to when i've had um major uh you know, they call them, uh, rage attacks and, you know, past people who've been close to me, past girlfriends and my ex-wife and stuff like that says that they've seen it in my eyes that it cha- it shifts. So my, in some ways my consciousness shifts if we're believing the eyes are the portal into, um, to our one's consciousness. And, and it reminds me, uh, when they would say that it reminds me of a David White's definition of anger, um, where he says that anger is an interior incoherence. And that's my experience and what I can remember. And especially when I get frustrated and, uh, or when I get discombobulated in my mood episode with my moods, um, in interior incoherence is a great way to describe it. Not just the anger part, but, um, but just all the difficult and floody and confusing and dissociative emotions that I feel. Um, and so then thinking about the poems, especially as what I was trying to do with, with these poems, 
Um, these poems act this way as a means of expelling any in interior incoherence. Not again, not just anger, but any sort of discombobulation in there. Um, I think I I was given the big permission for that sort of uh, poetic behavior from my favorite poets, the New York School poets, who I mention a lot in this book, or not a lot, but who come up in this book, like Ashbery and O'Hara, the Surrealists like Breton uh, and Zara, um, and, you know, a lot of the Hick poets that I love, um, like Abraham Smith and Ada Lamone. And there's something about the way that all those schools of poetry, uh, in their own way, tap into poem as experience of experience and in it's that that feeling of almost like if you can't beat them join them if you can't if you can't uh handle the emotion if you can't process that interior incoherence then uh you lean into it and so my poems i hope I've given the rein over to the unconscious, the subconscious, and in some ways the ultra-conscious. Because um, consciousness is messy and busy and difficult and contradictory. Um, and so then poems is an extension of that in some way. Uh, I think back to this experience I had in grad school where a classmate who wasn't a fan of mine um, or my poems, uh, you know, made this comment during a workshop uh, about how it's it my poem the poem that I brought in or my poems seem like playing the piano fast just because you can and she meant that as a diss that I'm just like shredding to be shredding uh but I don't know I don't want to say no I wanted to say no that's not how my brain, uh, that's just how my brain was working in that exact moment. It was working fast and it was working loud. And, um, and I, and I think that is what is important. I don't, I sincerely don't believe that poems are good or bad or that they're done or, or unfinished. Um, I think they're a reflection of a process that's always ongoing, always trickier than we can comprehend. And, in the same way that I've had to give myself over with my mental illness to its symptoms, I think poems can give themselves over to similar uh, activities of consciousness. So I hope maybe that will reflect in some of these poems as well. So today's poems, um, the first one's called Your Advantage. And it's really concerned uh, with time and how we conceive it. Um, it. This is one that kind of, yeah, looks back uh, to a major moment in my life was uh, when my grandmother died when I was eight. So, uh, and kind of how we conceive around that. Uh, there's this guy Harding, the next poem, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. There's the next poem is Head from a Bundle of Sky. And I and I didn't realize this. Uh I think I even wrote it before I knew of this theory, but um 
But there's this guy Harding who had a theory about uh like um called himself a man with no head and so the way he was thinking of meditation and consciousness and that it's not some little you're not some little self orb inside of a body and a head, but the consciousness is is all all around it and um and yeah, and so I was interested in this idea of the self created in relationship to others in this poem. Okay. Um and my jacket is the third poem and uh I was really interested in the eye of this poem, the self that's really slippery and and itself is confused and confusing. Um yeah. Written in stale blood on the front door uh, was an attempt of trying to tell the story of an episode. Um, I think the poem does a good job of it, so I'm not going to tell you the story again. Um, but it was that kind of one of those, I don't tell a lot of stories like narratively in poems. And so it was an attempt to do that. Uh, inside a three buck cut. Three Buck Copy of Solar Throat Slash by Cesare is the next poem. Um, and, you know, reading it now, to me, it feels kind of like a meditation on the preciousness of the mundane. Um, the little things in life that surprise you and are beautiful. Hippocampus Theology is the last poem for this grouping. Um, the Hippocampus is... Uh, where learning and memory takes place. And so this poem, each line is its own sentence, and it, each line ends in an exclamation point. So it's this kind of uh, in, intense uh, enacting of recall. Uh, yeah. So there, let's listen to the poems. First, thank you for listening. Thank you to all my friends and family for the visits, phone calls, and correspondences for making sure I stayed alive to finish this manuscript, including, but certainly not limited to, Zach Sadie and the Hunter Boys, Josh Cayley and Violet Lee, Jess Council and her crew, Jason Arnold, Steph Pappy and the Arnold Boys, Tracer Towner and family, Clark Moser, Darren Eaton, Marie Ponce de Leon, Paz Pardo, Enrique Lozano, and Elias, Jana Henry, and Charlie Martin, Cody Van Buskirk and family, Larry Nutt, Dan Keelish, the Murray family, Jamie Crawford, the Avant family, Jesse Bearden, Matt Spencer, Judd Ferris, Tim and Christina Durr, Gia Murata, Eric Matson, Hannah Margolin, Lacey Patterson, Heather Collier and family, Eric Clough, Lori Sauerborn, Brendan McLean, Melody and Marie Smith, Terry Tan, Morgan Jackman and family, the Tyner and Gobble families. Thank you to the artists that kept me churning during this process slash processing, state champion, Dean Young, Mary Rufel, Landon Caldwell, Anthony Ray Wright, Sarah Shook and the Disarmers, Pete Holmes, C.D. Wright, 
the Fleece Brothers, Maria Bamford, Abraham Smith, Ada Lamone, Francis Picabia, Bill Burr, Will Alexander, Ross Gay, D.A. Powell, Phoebe Bridgers, David Berman, In the Face of War, David Blaine, David Bazan, The Creators of King of the Hill, May May Bruce and Bruges, Lucy Brock Broido, John Ashbery, Kenneth Koch, and Frank O'Hara. Thanks to the folks who gave me places to go to be both myself and someone else. The Elwood Disc Golf Enthusiasts, the Anderson Disc Golf Club, Power Barn, the Waking Up app, all the guests and friends of the Future Barn podcast, Bill Simmons and the Ringer Network, and the Windmill Tavern. Thanks to any mental health professional that has held my wobbly head, both figuratively and literally, over these past decades especially Ruby Joe Walker. Thank you to my ancestors for the guidance and the gifts, including most recently Fred Tyner and Tony Gobble, and most historically significant Joanne Tyner and Ricky Gobble. Thank you also to my teachers for their guidance and their gifts, most recently Ram Das and Sam Harris, and most historically significant Todd McKinney, and Dean Young. Thank you to the most supportive and patient parents around, Jeff and Tammy Gobble, for accepting my many parts. Thank you to the light that's gone away, Diana Lynn Small, for the years of loving and the lessons of leaving. Thank you to the light that always stays, Jenny Bug, for being a badass dog. <laughs>